Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. How awesome is that, family? 2021 didn't beat us. We beat it together. I want to just let those who are maybe joining us online this morning, happy Sunday. I am Pastor Eric, the lead pastor here at Thrive Church. We have a few of our team here because it's uh, we're being careful with COVID. I can't wait till you're in the room. If pajamas or no, or pants, well, you got to wear something, but it doesn't matter if it's pajama Sunday. We won't be doing pajama church forever, but for now we're being safe and we welcome you to our Sunday experience. And wasn't that video just amazing? That was so awesome. Shout out to our creative team for putting that together. They do a great job every Sunday, and then they do special things like that. But also just more than that, a shout out to the Thrive family for giving despite the times, giving despite the circumstances, giving despite the questions. And we're just so grateful for each one of you that invests in the Thrive Church ministry because we didn't see a pandemic and all the other things coming, but God, because of God provided through you, and because of that provision, vision, your tithing, your commitment to the GROW Project, which is our overall um, giving initiative, we were able to pivot, we were able to move and kind of bob and weave with the time and respond with what I believe was a winning year. Now, without a doubt, it's been a difficult year and, and, and a trying year. And um, just, just, just before uh, Christmas, on Christmas Eve, we lost a dear saint, um, Sister Judy passed away due to complications of COVID. Um, and so this has been a tough year. Our hearts have been broken. Um, it's not that it's been an easy year, but I want you to know the blessed assurance we have because Sister Judy knew the Lord before she passed. She had confessed Christ as Savior. She's with Jesus now, complete, and her family mourns, and we mourn with them over her. But even in death, God triumphs. And that's why ministry is so important. That's why the mission of the church is the most important act we can take on the planet. Your mission as parents to disciple your children in the way they should go is the more, most important work that you can do because we prayed for medical scientists and, and, and biomedical engineers. We prayed for a vaccine, but one day with, the, with medicine, without medicine, pandemic or no pandemic, unless Jesus comes back, we're gonna face him one day whether it's a virus or cancer or just old age that takes us out. This life is fleeting. Eternity is what matters most. So your continued giving and sowing has been a blessing because we've been able to preach the gospel. I'm going to share uh, the number of ways we did that. Um, today, if you would like to give, there are four ways to give. And I'm, I get to share this. You saw video evidence of what your money, your giving has done. Um, we put it to good use. It impacted Lathrop and the Valley and, and, and our missionaries around the world. You saw video footage of Africa where your giving has helped to make a tremendous difference. 
Um, if you would like to give today, there are four ways to give. You can text to give, and that number is there on the screen. You can go online to our website and click on the give link, and you can set up your giving profile that way and give to the Thrive Ministry. You can uh, send your a check or money order into the mailing address that's there, or the new way is through our church app. Download that Church Center app. The Thrive Thrive has an account there. You can download that and be really connected with us, and you can give through that. And so I just want to thank you again for fueling the ministry that has occurred this year. Um, thank you for giving. Thank you for your commitment and your faithfulness. What I would like to do this Sunday and next Sunday is, is speak to your generosity and the mission of not just Thrive Church, but our lives, our lives. God has called us to make an incredible difference. And it's very interesting how God orchestrates these things, family, because we can, we can be heading down a direction and feel very strongly that God called us to it. And then all of a sudden, there's a pandemic, Right. All of a sudden, maybe you didn't get the job you thought you'd get, or you're renting a home and the owner decides to sell it. There's all kinds of curveballs, and we can say, but God, I prayed, and I felt that peace and direction from you to do these things, and now there's, it's changing beneath my feet. Did I miss it? I want you to know that God has a way of taking the sincere, genuine heart of prayer, and we can't miss it if we're honest. We can't miss God's will if we're sincere. Friend, you might be fretting over the will of God. What is the perfect will of God? Let me tell you, if you're honest and sincere before him and you give him your life and you make decisions that you, are, you believe are in concert with his will, he has a way of working everything out for your good. That is the promise of his word. We're going to talk about that because the GROW Project back when we planned it in 2019, man, we were going to do all kinds of things. We we're going to expand this sanctuary because we were at four services before COVID. Yeah. We were ready to dive in and tear down walls. The team was practically packing up their offices and their rooms. And then the pandemic hit and we thought, well, what do we do now? Can I just tell you that because you were faithful to the GROW Project, we were able to do an excellent online ministry we were not capable of doing before. We were able to feed thousands of people. We were able to, pro to build churches overseas. We were able to pay for, for, for counseling for those that were, that were under depression and high anxiety. We were able to provide children one of the few highlights of their school year when they were able to drive through and pick up back packs full of school supplies and get, get cheered for and blessed. Your giving through the GROW Project, even though it didn't go where we thought it was going to go this year, maybe it'll happen in 2021. Maybe it'll happen, well, last year. I get my dates wrong. It didn't go where we thought it would go mostly last year with a building project, but maybe 21 it'll happen. But because of your giving, God said, you heard my heart. You walked in obedience, and now you're prepared for the curveball, the global curveball. God knows the sincere sincerity of our hearts, and he works all things for our good. 
So I want to celebrate today. I want to celebrate the goodness of God in this house's life and in your life. Because without a shadow of a doubt, God has met your needs. God has allayed your fears. God has picked you up when you were down, when you were, when you were frustrated and feeling isolated and you couldn't go and sit down at in and out You had to go through the drive-thru every time. God heard your heart and he got you through, right? He's met us in myriad ways, in some ways that only we know. That no one else saw your breakthrough, but you experienced it. No one else saw him wipe your tear, but he did it at two in the morning when your spouse was asleep and you couldn't take it anymore. God, the Holy Spirit came and ministered to you. Somehow you were overwhelmed, but not crushed. No one else saw you crumbling, but God did, and he fortified you from the inside out. When your loved ones were sick, when you were sick, he fortified you. He reminded us that the promise is eternity. I want us to go to Luke chapter 9. And I want to read this incredible miracle. This is going to be a two-part sermon series, a two-part sermon. I want to share half of it with you today. One of the best stories, one of the most well-known stories in Scripture, Jesus is preaching, and there's a crowd of people. There's thousands of people there. It says 5,000 men, so there might have been up to 10,000 people. And the Scripture reads like this in Luke chapter 9. We're going to read verses 12 through 17. It says, late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. Verse 13, he replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate. Someone say amen to that. Yeah, it was probably like the best fish and bread they'd ever eaten. And they were satisfied. Mm, some say, mm, satisfied. Some say, mm, I'm full. They were full. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. This two-part message is about the Grow Project. And I want you to know that it's personal. It's personal. The challenge to be generous, the challenge to make a difference is personal. That God challenges his sons and daughters to act like him and walk like him and talk like him. I'm a father. I'm raising my third and fourth. I got my first and second are already out of the house. I got three and number three and number four there. And by the time you get to almost 50 and you still got kids, you call them by the wrong names all the time. I call Levi Canaan. I called Eden Belen. I even called Levi uh, uh, Vinny, and he's our dog. It's okay though, because they'll come, and 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 they both come. It's kind of cute, and and so I raised them, and I want them to think the godly thoughts I've learned to think, and I want them to act the godly ways I've learned to act. 
And Lori, my wife, has learned to act. Our job is to mold them and to shape them, not to just leave them alone. So God, as our Heavenly Father, has a design to train us to live and act like Him. It's not just do what you want and be who you are. That's a gospel of the world. It's don't be like you would be without him. Don't act like you would act without him. Don't talk like you would act or talk without him. No, learn to move and act and react and respond and do conflict and do anger and, 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 and do uh, um, um, challenge the way God does it. Yes. He doesn't just wind us up and send us off and say good luck. He says, no, I'm going to walk with you. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, your comforter. He's our coach. He walks with us. This is how you deal with problems at work. This is how you deal with this disappointment. This is how you deal with fear. This is how you deal with low funds. This is how you deal with a lot of funds. This is how you deal with your time. He's our coach, making us more and more like him. We were made in his image, but we're not a finished project. He wants to form us and to shape us. So it's very personal. Very personal. Look, look, look at what Luke 9 verse 13 says. Jesus replied to the disciples when they brought the need to him. You, someone say you. You give them something to eat. Read that with me again. You give them something to eat. Someone say take it personal. We take all the wrong things personal sometimes. Can I get a witness? The other day I was driving and I was driving by Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A has in Manteca has a line. I don't know who designed it. I'm not questioning any city officials. I'm sure they knew exactly what they were doing. Maybe they underestimated how much the Central Valley loves chicken, specifically from Chick-fil-A, because you know that Chick-fil-A is the Lord's chicken spot, right? We know that. Are they still closed on Sundays? They're still closed. You can't get Chick-fil-A today, because it's the Lord's day, and somehow they make in six days what other companies can't make in seven. There's the sermon. Give the Lord what he requires, right? Chick-fil-A, most famous, popular chicken place on the planet. I don't know if it's healthy, maybe, maybe not. But the Lord probably takes all the calories away because they take Sundays off. They give it to the Lord. I was driving by Chick-fil-A, and if you know Manteca, Chick-fil-A, the, the, the parking lot weaves, but that's not enough space. It goes out onto a street. It goes out onto another street, which happens to go right to the freeway. So when you're coming off the freeway, I think that's the 99, and you want to turn like west, right, towards town, the line can back up all the way to the freeway. I don't know who made that call, but they did it. And I'm driving by, and I see the line is going out to the freeway. But one car is coming from the other direction on the side street, and he's trying to get in and cut off all the other cars. And I remember getting so mad at him. I took it personal. And I wasn't even going to Chick-fil-A. I was going to the grocery outlet, Lori's favorite grocery store. That's where I was going. But I was like, I can't believe that guy. I can't believe him. I hope they don't let him in. I know I'm human. I'm human. I, how dare he try to sneak in like that, all those other cars. We take all the wrong things personal. And then we don't take the right things personal. I want you to know that God's word is for you. It's for you and for you and for you. He cares what you do with your body. When he says to abstain from sex before marriage, he's talking to you. He was talking to me. It don't matter what you think, that's God's word. 
When he says to forgive those who offended you, you don't have some special offense that he would say that doesn't, that doesn't count. Take it personal. When he says to go the extra mile, take it personal. When he says to be generous, take it personal. When he says to be holy, watch your mouth, don't lie. We gotta take it personal. I think this is so cool. The disciples say, we got a problem, sir. Rabbi, sir. Everyone's hungry. There's a lot of people. We could never feed them ourselves. And Jesus says, you do something about it. You feed them. You feed them. I can just imagine the disciples, you know, what, what, what are you asking of me? How can you be asking me to do this? Jesus would never have asked them to do something he wouldn't empower them to do. So when he says to, to forgive others, when he says to be sexually pure, when he says to, to, to sacrifice, he never gives you more than you can do. The disciples had seen enough, witnessed enough, prayed enough to know they didn't have the capacity in and of themselves to feed 5,000 people, but through, with God, all things are possible. That they would give whatever they had, that God could bless it to meet the need, because they weren't going to get the glory, God would get the glory. That's the point of your life. It's to give God glory. The point of your life, even in the social media age where we count followers and likes and, we, and, and, and public figures, the point of your life is not to get glory. It's to give it. Yeah. It's to reflect it to the one and only one who is worthy of glory. We got to take it personal. The, gen, the, the GROW Project was a gen, generosity campaign built on this idea that God ultimately has called us, every single one of us, to do something for his glory. That we might find room in our budget to sow financially into ministry because giving is a biblical concept. That we, God would, that we would pray and ask God, what would, would you have me give? Why? I've got to take it personal. It doesn't matter if I have a lot or if I have a little. I have to take this challenge personally. I have to personally go to God in prayer and personally ask him what he might have me personally offer. And it may not be a gift like someone else's gift. That's not what matters. It doesn't even matter ultimately to the mission of this house if you give because the mission of this house will be accomplished whether you give or not it's about your progress your growth you breaking barriers of fear and anxiety you seeing God do the miraculous with what you have that's the point of the grow project go ahead give them praise here in your house that's the point the great call of God the great call of God on every believer and because you were able to give and because you partnered with us, because you set aside fear and anxiety, we were able to do a lot in 2020. You saw the video, but let me just let you know, 
that we were able to, to buy the new equipment and, and prepare ourselves to provide online ministry in a way we'd never provided it before. We provided nearly 11,000 meals who were hurting, suffering when the, when the pandemic initially hit our area. Because of the GROW project, over 800 backpacks full of school supplies were given to kids. They couldn't get out. We couldn't do it like we usually do it, but we did it anyways. They drove through, and we were able to give them their needs. Children got diapers and formula and other necessities. Single mothers made their needs known to us, and we responded. There were people who were put out of work, and we kept their, their, their lights on and their heat on. There were people overwhelmed with anxiety and depression. We were able to provide them counseling. There were two pastors. They were on the verge of quitting the ministry because they were overwhelmed with the situation. And we were able to provide them counseling. And they're still in their pulpits today because you gave and you said, we believe in you. We know you're not done. We were able to provide small group ministry online. Parents, you parents were thrown, you guys were thrown into homeschooling parents all of a sudden. We provided expert online support for parents learning how to navigate homeschooling. We provided uh, ministry generally on how to deal with stress and isolation. Vacation Bible skills still happen. Kids small groups still happen. We had an amazing marriage night that was able to take place. We adopted over 100 children and provided them full Christmas dinners because of your giving. And we didn't stop here, but we, we were able to finance two tablets Tabernacles in Africa because we made a commitment and they were ready to, to receive the funds to begin the process of building two tabernacles and we're going to build two more this year in 2021. You saw the pictures of the people in Africa that are going to experience for the first time a covered worship area to keep them from the elements. We were even able to keep up what we've already built, which is this building that, that God gave us. We were able to paint it to protect it from the elements, repainted our parking lot and family because of your continued faithfulness through the storm. Not one staff member was laid off. Not one financial setback for any of our team. Not, not, not one staff member was let go. We were able to weather the storm together as a family, as a team because of your generosity. Thank you for taking it personally because it matters. What you do and how you serve makes a difference. And we must understand you, we have been called, you and I have been called by God to be generous, to serve, to give, to support, to encourage others. We need to take it personally. Now I want to look at the passage just real quick and I'm going to let you go. But this miracle... This miracle happens and there's this great need. And I wanna, I wanna just show you a couple more things. First, you gotta take it personal. But second is that we need God, we need Christ to take us. We need him to take us. We need to be in God's hands. We don't wanna operate outside of him we want him to have us in his hands. Verse 16, again, going back to just this key text, it says, taking 
the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. See, he took them first. It says, taking the five loaves. He took them in his hands. He took this little boy's lunch, and John, it tells you it's a little boy with five loaves and two fish. It's just a lunch for a boy. The mother packed it up. And one of the disciples discovered it and brought it to Jesus. And it says he took it in his hands. Can I tell you that everything is better when it's in the hands of God? Your mind is better in the hands of God. Your body is better operated in the hands of God. Your finances are better operated in the hands of God. It's letting him take control. It's letting him be in charge. It's saying, I got this and it's all I have. And if it would have been me, I might have said, I don't know, I'm hungry. But since it's Jesus, okay, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. Maybe keep one fish. I don't know. But but I'm going to give it because it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Listen, there are people who say they believe, but they believe with their mouth. They don't believe with their life. True belief is lived out. If we say we believe, let, how about let's live like we believe. Let's live like we believe. Not, not lip service. Not living on some encounter we had with him when we were 14. Not, not some vow we made when we were young in our youth. But today, we say, there are lots of people who say they believe in God, but they don't live like it. There's a disconnect between, their, between God and actually how they live. Can I tell you how you live matters? That's the proof of your faith is how you live. Faith without works is dead. It's nothing to it. There's no purpose to it. There's no life to it. There's no pulse. There's no activity. There's no fruit. Faith without works is dead. We have to be willing to give God everything. Give him your marriage. Let him take it in his hands. Everything is better in his hands. When you were inundated with anxiety, it got immediately better when you gave your cares to him. When you looked at your budget and you were nervous because there were too many red numbers, not enough black numbers. And then you prayed and you said, Lord, I trust you with it all. You immediately felt better because your spirit was communicating with his spirit. And he would say to you, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden. Take my yoke. Give me yours and take mine. What's in his hands, it's always better in his hands. Friend, take a second. Right here, right now, in self-inventory. Is there anything that you are clinging to that you haven't been able to let go of in 2020? 2021 is your year. We have 21 days of prayer, but it can, that starts next week, but we can start this now. Start giving it over now. Start praying now. Start laying it down now. I promise you, because I've lived that life, I know what it's like, and there are times I still battle, and I'll find myself the things I've got my fingernails stuck in that I'm worried and I'm anxious about are the things that slowly steal my peace and my joy and my vision and my hope. For some reason, we can convince ourselves this is better in my hand because if I give it to him, he might actually take it. All right. All right. So good. 
So who do we trust? Do you really trust yourself more than you trust him? The wise person trusts him and freely surrenders because they're convinced God is good, that he would never take anything that they should have. And that if he takes it and it belongs to them and it's good for them, they're not ready for it and maybe he'll return it. And if he never returns it, you're better without it because he has another plan. Amen. Things are always better in his hands. Things are always better in his hands. I've seen people make lifelong decisions because they're clinging to something, afraid to look at God with it, afraid to take it to God in prayer. And it can change for the negative, the trajectory of their lives. They're burdened with the, the wrong relationship. They're burdened with, 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 with debt. They're burdened with regret because they have held on to things they should have given over to God. Everything is better when God takes it in his hands. And he, friend, has proven his hands are worthy because they're nail scarred. The hands reveal the marks of his devotion to your well-being. The scars in his hands prove he has your best interest in mind. And so they are worthy and they are safe to receive your life in its entirety. God took your giving and he blessed it. He took it. He took it. We gave it to him as a church. We said, God, give us wisdom. How do you want us to sow? How do you want us to respond? How do you want us? We can't help everybody in the world, but you bring the bright people to us that you're calling us to serve. And we were able to do that because we'd given it to him. We need him to take us. And we also need him, this last point, is that we need him to bless us. We need him to bless us. In 21 days, our 21 days of prayer, we're doing something a little different. Every few days, instead of a prayer focus, there'll be a declaration. There'll be a declaration. See, in verse 16, it says, he took the five loaves, the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. He gave thanks. Now, this is the new international version. It's, we use it almost exclusively here at Thrive because it's the most read. It's the most popular translation. But give thanks doesn't do it justice. The term in the Greek there is eulogeo, which is the term we get eulogy from. And actually, a better translation is that he blessed it. He spoke blessing. He spoke power. He spoke something beautiful. He spoke well over what he had and what he had taken in his hands. So we get eulogy in a funeral service. When someone has passed away, someone would typically give a eulogy. They would speak well over the life of the person. Friend, we need God to speak well, to speak power, to bless us as his people. You don't just need the right connection more than you need his blessing. God's favor and blessing, God's dynamic touch, God's, God's pronounced favor, the, 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 the dynamic uh, energy that he gives a life when he blesses it. That simple words that you say bring life to death, dead situations. 
that your simple acts of kindness somehow are multiplied to impact the culture of the home or workplace. Your capacity, because of his blessing on you, to forgive someone who's hurt you can unlock their hearts and set them free. It isn't just someone forgiving them. It's a son, a daughter of God, declaring forgiveness over someone and releasing the captive prisoner. That's the blessing, the dynamic, the anointing, the power that he places on our lives. And there is no substitute. The power of a, of a bank account is no substitute for his blessing. Your last name is no substitute for his blessing. A room full of people is no substitute for the blessing of his intimate relationship with you. His anointing, his favor, his power is incomparable with anything on earth. It's divine. It's supernatural. Somehow, some way, you'll meet the right person to get where God wants you to get. There is no enemy that can thwart his plans for your life. You don't need the favor of man. You don't need the things of earth. You need his blessing. He can't bless something that he doesn't have. That's the thing. There are criminals who pray before they go rob a house. That's a terrible prayer to pray. Sometimes I've been driving, I'm going too fast. I have to admit, and I'll pray, Lord, don't let the police see me. Let them get the other guy. That's a terrible prayer your pastor praying. God can't bless something that isn't his. And we can't operate. The thing is that some people have fooled themselves. Is that they label, they label themselves a believer and think they can act however they want to act and he'll still bless them. That somehow he will convert that person just to make that person happy. That he will, he will um, allow the, the false resume to get through uh, and get them the job. Friend, if you lied to get it, he didn't give it to you. If you broke his commandment to get it, he didn't give it to you. And that's why you're scared and nervous and afraid. Because you know you're on thin ice. At some point, it will, it will reveal itself for what it is. At some point, you'll be found out for what you did. God doesn't bless things that aren't in his hands. He blessed your giving, and we see the evidence. We did things we weren't supposed to be able to do. Because he blessed it. He takes it, and he blesses it. He blesses it. I'm going to end with this. The worship team can come up, and we'll end with a worship song. God doesn't just bless you, but he wants you to bless others. That's why during the 21 days of prayer, there'll be these declarations, these promises that we will declare, we will bless ourselves and we will bless those around us with the promises of God. What you say matters. Doesn't matter as much as what you do, but let me tell you, there is power, there is life in the tongue. There is power in what we declare. That's why our Christian faith is a very verbal faith. It's a very vocal faith. We must confess with our mouths that he is Lord. He calls us to praise him, to sing songs to him. He calls us to prophesy, to speak word over someone else's life. He calls us to repent 
to speak out. He calls us to testify. You don't testify by sitting there just smiling and being happy. You gotta testify. You gotta witness to the goodness of God. He's called us to do such things. He's called us to teach our children the way that they should go. He's called us to rebuke the devil and he must flee. We're a very vocal faith. Friend, you need to bless yourself with the promises. You need to bless your children. Every night we pray for the two that are still at home, for Belen and for Levi. We pronounce blessings over them. They need to hear it from their mother and father because they believe that what we say is true. And we say God has an amazing plan for your life. Lord, give her peace as she sleeps. Lord, give him peace as he rests. Let them know, Lord, that you have a tremendous will for them. Give them a love for you. We pronounce it. We don't just hold them and be silent. We speak it. Friend, you need to bless your children. You need to take your finances and say, God, I'm giving them to you. And I'm going to speak your blessings over them. I know you have good things for us. I'm going to give this to you and you bless it. You provide this dynamic difference. Get me where you want me. Get my family where you want us. Let us see you work. Take the five loaves and two fish, the little bit I have, and bless it. Take the little faith I have and move a mountain. God, I need you. I need you. I'm taking it personally today. I'm going to personally respond to your word. I ask you to take my life. I ask you to bless it. Take my children and bless them. And instead of cursing the situation, instead of cursing my job, instead of cursing my neighborhood and wishing I lived somewhere else or worked somewhere else, instead of cursing myself and wishing I looked differently or was smarter or taller or, 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 or brighter, instead bless what God has given you. Give him praise for it. Speak well over it. Speak well over your heritage. Speak well. Praise him for your talents and attributes. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he isn't done. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Heavenly Father. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.